friends, welcome to another episode of Table for Two with Michaela Bell. Today we have joining with us one of the leading creatives in the design and lifestyle industry. Dallas Shaw is the go-to girl for clients ranging from Chanel, Oscar de la Renta, Kate Spade, Christian Louboutin, which sometimes I don't know if I say that right, Ralph Lauren, Anthropology, Target, who doesn't love Target, uh, Maybelline, Neutrogena. Literally when I was on her website looking at her client list, I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many people on here. But not only that, is she a fashion illustrator, but she's also an art director. And um, honestly, she has more creativity in her pinky finger than I feel like I do in my entire body. She's also the best-selling author of The Way She Wears It. I love this book because she shows you how to mix up your closet like with what you have and then also shop like a rock star. And if you're anything like me and you need a little help in the fashion department, she will set you straight. So Dallas Shaw, my friend, welcome to the table. Hi, friend. Hi. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, I'm. this is so fun. Let's just do this all the time. Like, Can we? Yeah. Like, should we maybe do a whole other podcast <laughs> whole, where it's like maybe just every day, like just a quick recorded catch up? That would be cool. <laughs> I love it. How many people would listen to that? I mean, zero, but like, it would be fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's kind of like um, a television show, but podcast style, you know, just just real life. But so if we were together right now and we were grabbing a table for two in real life Mm -hmm. and I was in your area, where would we go? Like, what's your favorite spot? Well, I always meet people at Terrain. Um, Yes. I really, really believe in like surrounding yourself with amazing, like just a place that you really love, especially if Mm -hmm. it's a creative meeting because that place is so beautiful. Um, So like if I'm talking about creative visuals, it only helps me to be surrounded by all of that stuff because then other people understand the importance of visuals. So I love Mm -hmm. to take all of my like Number one, meetings, and number two, just like super friend, super friend dates there. Mm -hmm. I love it. Is that where you find like you're most inspired is when your surrounding is an inspiration to you? Yeah. I mean, I I believe that times infinity, you know, I just think like everywhere – you know, your office. And even if it's just like a single desk or Mm -hmm. right now I'm working on a couple projects and I've just kind of said that over and over until I'm blue in the face. Cause I just think, you know, surrounding yourselves, yourself with something beautiful just kind of like makes you feel, I don't know, makes you feel some type of way, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, even just the other day in my, I have like a little nook that is where my office lives. And it was kind of plain and I love the light. It's beautiful light, but I'm like, I need to be more inspired by this space. And it doesn't take a whole lot, but it doesn't. um, I'm like, I mean, I just did this little, that little Netflix and sketch series um, yesterday. And I was like, light a candle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like before you get started, just like light a candle, but like that's some most simple thing, you know, it does not have to be extensive. Just like treat yourself to like one or two things in your space. And I think you'll work like so differently. Oh my gosh. 
hundred percent. You can take that to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) So I always say in the very beginning to you, like our meet cute. And so how we met and like the first time we met, do you remember, I'm trying to think the, do you remember the very first time that we met? No. Um, so I know that we did this really cool project with Allison Conklin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm trying – was that the first time? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the first time at Fox and Finch. Yes. Um, and I don't remember like what it was we were shooting. I feel like it was something for Fujifilm possibly. I think it was. And um, yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, I mean, and I think I saved night. you from the plant – Remember? Oh, yeah. It was like okay. something that was about to fall on you. <laughs> so, of course. Okay. So, for people listening, um, we were filming and shooting yeah. some content with Fujifilm for a photographer that they work with named Allison Conklin. And so, I was supposed to be painting like magnolias on a wall in between like self-made branches. Yeah. And basically in the middle of shooting this hyperlapse one of those trees fell over and you dove like <laughs> like i saw the whole thing in slow motion but you yeah. really dove and saved me from a tree and the best thing is that we got like a photo that is one of my favorite photos yeah. for the day i'm going to maybe post it when we post this podcast and be like hey if you want to know about this moment, this is how we met. And then you saved me from a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Talk that's about the it. real stuff that like but you I, don't get to see. I mean, that's yes. what this podcast is all about, right? Like that's the stuff exactly. that no one saw from that day and was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what we're going to do is we'll kind of talk a little bit about, I like to think about it as like your mountaintop, like where you're at right now, what's going on, but then also to go backwards a little bit because I love talking about kind of the messy middle of our lives and the things that we have to go through to get us from point A to point B when people oftentimes only see point B or the mountaintops. And um, But it's really the valleys that I think were even the most creative um, and allow us to have that like self-discovery and really takes us to the next level. So first we'll talk about just, I mean, your career right now. So tell us exactly, exactly what you do for a living. <laughs> this is going to be like a really long time. <laughs> you do a few things. So I, um, first and foremost, am a fashion illustrator um, that's where I started and I'm still doing that for like um, just some custom work and some larger marketing campaigns. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I keep my focus there. And then just, you know, some freelance stuff that I truly love on the side. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also an art director, which kind of covers a lot of different things. Yeah. So I help um, a lot of brands and personalities and I don't know. This is where the umbrella gets like really big. Um, Mm -hmm. But people find, uh, figure out how to tell their visual story because that's kind of where my background lives. And then um, also under like art direction or maybe just under design, um, I'm working on 
for new bar restaurant concepts, like designing those. Um, so and, cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm having so much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I'm also bringing actual spaces to life now. And there's probably – we're working on four right now, and there's probably going to be six or seven in the next year, which oh is – gosh. I know. It's cr- – I don't even know what life is right now. It's so cool. Um, so I'm working on kind of like all of those things a little bit at the same time. Yeah. 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 So that's my, my job is just like, I guess in a nutshell, like creative and visual storytelling and then like mm-hmm. helping other people figure out how to tell, how to tell their story. Yeah. And storytelling is everything. And I just talked about this on another podcast, a friend of mine, he owns a um, creative, like a media agency. And he's so good at telling stories through his medium, which is video. And, but there right now, especially in today's day and age, like your brand and the visual aspect of it is so important. It is. And I should like clarify because the majority of stuff that I'm helping people with is like not social media. So I think you hear a lot about like content creation and this and that, like that's actually not what I do. It's, it's like a small part. I think it's like guiding people how to do that themselves Mm -hmm. usually comes up in, in that, but it's really more like how to make sure like you're bringing your full story into like a space or if you're filming something kind of like how to make sure that story is told in the appropriate colors. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think because my artwork was first seen on social media, people just like assume that that's where I kind of like live and it's completely the opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that so interesting how a lot of times social media, it just doesn't really tell the full story. It abs- I mean, I always say like, especially to like my family and my mom and stuff, I'm like, social media is not real, mom. Like, it's not real. And so she'll be like, you know, she'll say something like, oh my gosh, you were like out at this thing last night. And I was like, mom, I was literally in my hotel with room service at like eight o'clock. Like, social media is not real and and it's just not like um so just settle down i mean i always luckily i'm doing like a lot of illustration so yeah that part is like real and on time but like really like sometimes you're just you know you're like oh i'm home and i feel like posting something i don't know like you're kind of playing around on instagram and that's when you post something and i think like that's what people forget when they're scrolling through all of these pages like right you know, it's not necessarily real time. So, mm-hmm. so I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us like the real story and walk us through, like, how did this all start for you? Um, and let's talk real Dallas Shaw. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the real story. I'm going to keep it like as short as possible. And then if you have something that you want to like me to talk more about, I totally will. But, um, the real story is that I am exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm exhausted. Uh, <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> so the real story is that like my job changed and will continue to change, you know, throughout my life, whether 
or not I'm seeing a need for it on the business side or I'm feeling a need for it because it's not bringing me joy anymore. Um, So the majority of things that you see are kind of like the highlights of my job and things that I'm really genuinely so proud of. But the things that keep changing my career are like genuine job changes or like a need in the market for something else or, um, you know, just me being like, I'm not finding joy in that anymore and I'm going to change my job. So, mm-hmm. um, so it all started, um, I used to, I mean, I grew up wanting to work for Disney. Okay. And so, um, so I, I knew that I wanted to work for Disney when I was very, very young. Um, but also not to age myself, <laughs> But also, like, at that time, it was like the Disney princesses era, right? Jasmine, mm-hmm. Belle, like all of those like Disney classics. And I was like, I can draw and I want to do this. Um, so I wrote a letter. <laughs> I wrote a letter to the head animator. Um, because this is like way before all, you know, and but I, and I so I was in sixth grade and I found the address and the name of the head animator. And I wrote him a letter and I was like, my name is Dallas and I would love to work with you. And it's Disney. So like, it could be such a great press move. Like I could be the youngest animator. (laughs) (laughs) You were like selling yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and here's the great part. Like he wrote me back. Oh my gosh. And, um, my mom like got the mail and she was like, Dallas, what did you do? Like she sees like a thing addressed to me from like Walt Disney animation. Right. And like, we still have this, we still have you do all of these things. And I was like, um, and he kind of wrote me back and he was like, okay, first of all, like that is not legal, but I love your drive. Mm-hmm. And like, if you still want to do this as you get older, like please reach out and I will, I will steer you. Like I will help help you. So like I found my first mentor mm. when I was like super young and stayed in touch um throughout high school and like he helped me choose what to major in in college and then I interned with Disney and then eventually moved and worked for Disney um the Disney Design Group in the animation building. Oh so that goodness. all like shaped yeah, isn't that crazy? That is so cr- that's, that's such a cool story. It's such a weird story even telling it cuz you don't even realize like how much shapes you and like that like was a path I was on for so so long. So that was really cool. Um so I worked for Disney Animation, fast forward, moved to Florida by house in Florida and Um, then I'm working for them and I'm 2d animation, like hand drawn and the company just was changing and evolving. And, you know, by that time now I'm in my twenties and everyone was switching to 3d. So Mm -hmm. they were, um, moving most of their animation department to California to train in 3D and my passion was kind of like 2D. But what I did learn as I was growing up was that I had this other talent and 
it was visuals. It was telling stories. It was like life. I was really responding to lifestyle visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of completely freaking out, I <laughs> decided I was going to teach art like in middle school. And for those four years that I taught, I built, um, like I would teach from seven to two thirty, and then I would build this online business from like three to 11. And so I started, um, I was like, how do I get into this lifestyle industry? Like, I don't know anybody. I mm-hmm. don't know anyone in New York. I don't have like parents that are gallerists. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. didn't, you have, have no like those tools that like no one tells you that you actually, you know, can help you get ahead really quickly. Right. Right. Um, and so what I did have was this like talent and Disney training. So I was like, okay, well, here's what I can use to get in and was kind of like, I'm going to be a fashion illustrator mm-hmm. and that's going to be my focus. And I'm going to use that to hopefully get me into this industry so I can learn about it. And so I started really researching like press, press kits, press releases. Um, How do I introduce myself and my work to an entire industry? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, I mean, I really didn't know a single person in like fashion or lifestyle. So Am I like talking to, I feel like I'm talking a lot right now. This is so perfect. (laughs) I'm actually writing notes because there's a couple things that you said that I love where you said like, here's what I can use. Yeah. Like here's the stuff that I can use. And then you research because so often people get really stuck because they're so focused on what they're missing or what they can't do or where the industry is going and they feel behind. And so I think a part of it had to do with just your focusing on the good stuff. Like, here's what I can do. I'm going to research. I'm going to figure out how to introduce myself. So I love that. I think that's a huge thing that people need to. Yeah. And we need to, um, we need to go back and talk about, it's so important to like find and create your own path. Um, and, and the rest of this story kind of goes with like, that was the first, so like, when I was in middle school, I was like not realizing it, but I was creating my own path and seeing what Mm. worked for me. And then when I was kind of finding my way into the fashion industry, I was creating my own path and then changing it again. And like the rest of this story just kind of continues with Mm -hmm. that, you know. And I love what you said too, about how everything was going to 3D, but your passion was really 2D. And, And you didn't, get off track. You didn't shift because the industry was shifting. You remained faithful to what you were passionate about. And so that in and of itself was paving your way. Yeah. And like that wasn't even intentional. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that I've always kind of like trusted my gut and not taking that turn. I think there's like That's kind of like every – okay, so like I always say like every no is a yes and every yes is a no. Mm -hmm. So like if I said yes to like a different path, then I'd be saying no to like a bunch of other things. So like you have to choose your yeses and your nos and like keep saying yeses to the things that you really want to do because Mm -hmm. that just opens up 
the correct path. I don't know if that's too like hippy dippy or whatever to understand, but that's kind of like, I I sit with myself every decision and I'm like, I don't think that's right for me. And then I kind of have to like say that back to myself, you know, Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And that's a skill that I've actually been writing a lot about that is, especially as women, we have this that women's intuition, that gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that if more of us would sit with our, with ourselves and not be afraid of our thoughts or our gut feelings, but rather trust them and move accordingly. We're going to get back to that gut feeling in just a second, but I wanted to pop in here too, just to remind you at the end of this episode, I want you to hop onto Instagram and check out Terrain Cafe. So this is again, just a reminder, every single t- every single episode, we kind of pretend we are at our favorite table for two in the guest's favorite restaurant. So Dallas Shaw, her favorite restaurant is Terrain Cafe. And let me tell you, the environment here is bar none. So phenomenal. You walk into terrain and like your mouth just drops and it's incredible. And honestly, the food matches it. So get your butt to terrain as soon as possible. Okay. Now let's get back to our gut feeling. Yeah. And I, um, so yes, Absolutely. And like, not only am I a woman and I have that intuition, but I'm also an artist Mm -hmm. and I'm also a Pisces. (laughs) So I'm (laughs) like, I feel like I've got like three of those like heavy feeling whammies against me. And like, so that all, that's always come with me. Like, yeah, come along with, with me, like whatever decisions I'm making, Mm -hmm. I almost to a fault can't put my can't like separate that feeling from work. Mm -hmm. So that's not always good, but that's definitely, you know, something that's always. Yeah. I mean, our strengths are often also a weakness, but you just have to learn how to utilize it properly, you know, which you've definitely done a phenomenal job so far, girlfriend. Thank you. So how did you get into the fashion world. So when you, you're kind of going from teaching, doing this on the side, here's what I can use and researching a lot about the industry. What, what, like what was next? So I have always loved the business side of art as well. Which is interesting because not every artist is like that. No, the majority of artists are not. Um, And, you know, that's like a right brain, left brain thing. But like, I love marketing. I am such a dweeb, like when it comes to, (laughs) I love it. Like, I love just learning about marketing, branding, business. Like, don't get me wrong. I hate like accounting and money and QuickBooks. Like, I don't love that part of business, but like, yeah. I do love figuring out like why people respond to certain things. So I started researching um, branding and press really heavily in my young 20s and like um, really started figuring out like on my own, like, you know, what, again, like what do I have and what can I make work? So I started, um, looking up all of the different art directors and the PR reps for like 
all different fashion brands. I started with fashion and I started cold calling people like, Hey, is Donna Karen there? <laughs> like basically <laughs> because like this, like Twitter was a thing, but like Instagram wasn't a thing. Like we have yeah. so much at our hands right now. So Correct. I started researching and then like email, you know, Googling people and emailing them and just introducing myself and starting conversations. And then I started kind of like mailing, emailing and mailing people. And what I realized was not working was you can delete an email and you can throw, editors would like throw, they get so much mail. They would just like throw out what I sent them. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that I was like, okay, well, how can I make sure that they're not throwing it out? Right. Like I need to get my name across their desk, but they're it's probably there, but they're not opening it. So I spent like all of the money that I had. Um, and I made press kits that mm-hmm. were really beautiful, but you had to open. So it was like a boxed press kit. So like you probably wouldn't throw it out because you're not gonna throw it like a box. Right. So I sent them out to like a million editors and introduced the name and then like just kind of kept sending and emailing. And like, I think I probably just got to a point where people were like, who is this girl? Like, who is this person again on my desk? And then like maybe eventually, um, read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I probably annoyed them so much that they finally like, sent me back, but it worked. So, yeah. um, So, and then at the same time, I was kind of like, so I was mailing people, I was like sending them like tweets, like whatever I could just to start conversations. Mm -hmm. And I got a phone call from the PR rep at DKNY. And she said like, Dallas, I totally get what you want to do. Like you are a branded illustrator and Mm -hmm. your work is like so so good. And I have this project that I, I want you to be a part of. And she was like, but I'm pitching it to like the company. And I kind of like, don't have this budget for me or for you or for anybody, but Mm -hmm. I feel so confident in this project that like, if you help me bring it to life, Mm -hmm. um, like I will, I will get the budget for this. And I was kind of like, okay. I mean, I didn't, know anyone else anyway. So the fact that anyone was giving me a chance was, and I'm always kind of like that. Like this is the first time in my career that I was like, sure. Like after I came from like a Disney career that I'm like, yeah, like I'll work for free. Let's do this. And that keeps coming up in my career that like here and there, I'll be like willing to prove myself. And this was kind of the first time that um, I was like, yeah, let me show you that I can do this. And so we developed the project for a year. She did get the budget. I worked on that project for 12 years with her. What? Yeah. And here's the greatest part. Um, She was in um, their old building and there was one elevator at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think like I was working my ass off. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, I told you I was going to, I was going to try not to curse, but I was going to (laughs) curse. No, don't say sorry. <laughs> that doesn't even count. Like ass doesn't even count. No, it really so, doesn't. It doesn't. Um, 
So she was on the same elevator. Like there was one elevator in the building. And at that point it was like DKNY, Ralph Lauren, Michael Mm -hmm. Kors, Kate Spade, Mm -hmm. um, Oscar de la Renta, all in the same building. And she was so well connected. And when they would be like, and this is my first year working in the fashion industry, Mm -hmm. they would kind of be like, oh, I'm looking for this like creative person to help me with like styling or how do I figure out Instagram or how do I figure out how to reach this audience? And she would just give my name to like everybody. Mm. Um, probably because she felt, I don't know. I, I was, I'm hoping that like, it's cause like I was working so hard for her, but maybe because she just felt bad. Like, but no, she gave my name to everybody in that like building. And by the end of that year, I had taken on projects for like, like I was in like Oscar de la Renta's like office and atelier and like Crazy. figuring out, you know what I mean? Like I was working on random projects for everybody. Like, um, because that was when Instagram was starting and mm-hmm. Pinterest was getting like huge. And so by taking the chance to prove myself mm-hmm. with the DKNY job, by the end of the year, I had so much different experience. Um, so that changed my career. Oh my gosh, for, for sure. like years. And that was like when I was in my mid 20s. And so that's kind of the path that I continued on for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I became what I call an accidental influencer. <laughs> um, and uh, how does that happen? <laughs> Like basically like, you know, Instagram was just starting and nobody had like tactics or like Mm -hmm. planning apps and like whatever. So people were just like using it and no one knew how to use it. And I was just kind of like in genuine shock at like everything I was seeing. Mm. So I was like – Like bad shock? No, like amazing shock in terms of like – like. I was walking into like the Ralph Lauren offices and I was like, holy shit, how am I here? Like oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. was – and I would just like take pictures for myself because I was like, this is insane like to me. And so I started kind of just posting stuff and people started following it. And then people kind of started being like, oh, I really love what you're wearing or I love what, whatever. And I was kind of like, okay, cool. Like I'll share whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And So that changed my job and added an additional layer in. But what happened, and like nobody knows this story, so this is kind of like crazy that I'm saying it, was I hated it. You hated (laughs) it? I hated it. Like Mm. I hated the influencer part of – because brands started calling me to like pose with a bag and stuff. Mm. And I – remember just being like totally like I'll totally do this but can we do something creative too like what if we painted on the bag and what if or what if you know I just really you know I was an artist first and a creator first yeah and I felt like um after so many years of sharing both so many companies were trying to take that from me and trying to be like just wear this pair of shoes. And I was like, okay, I do love shoes. Like, I'm not going (laughs) to lie. But also, like, I don't know. It made me feel like 
not so myself. I don't know yeah. how to describe it, but like there was a part of me that was like, I'm fine with getting creative and doing this together and sharing brands and 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 pieces that I truly love, but mm-hmm. I felt like there was a part of me missing. And then I changed my job again because I wasn't, it just like, so there's a, back to that first thing that we talked about, like I, that was not bringing me joy. joy. If anything, that was like creating some anxiety for me. Right. Did it almost feel like inauthentic to who you are? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of felt like. Not you. Yeah. Like, and I don't even know how to describe it because sometimes it did, right? Like sometimes yeah. I I would be like, oh, I'm so excited. I you know, like just last week I was like, yeah, I just bought myself this, these sneakers, awesome birthday present to myself. And I love them and posted them. And I was like, whoo, like I <laughs> love those. And then sometimes brands will reach out that like, I love, and I'm like, oh, I would love to do this. And, but I think like at some point I felt pressure because I didn't want to mm-hmm. break relationships with brands that mm-hmm. I had done artwork with. It was just like started just being something else. So i was like, what, you know, what can I do here? So I kind of was like, there's this huge missing gap, like between like the CEOs and the PR reps and then people that they're paying to like me to like wear something in terms of like people seeing like, if does anybody even like that or comment on that? Like nobody was watching that at the time. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll help with consulting or it just kind of changed my mind in that I wanted to get back to the back end of things. Like Mm -hmm. I was more comfortable with, um, how do I say this? Like respect to me, like in the design industry was feeling better to me than likes. Yeah. Mm, That's good. So I wanted to get back to I just wanted to hit reset on my job and get back to like that part. Mm -hmm. So I started really focusing on the illustration a bit more and it did. It changed my following immensely. I mean, I lost like 15,000 followers or something in like the four years that I did this. And I just was like, I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. because on the back end, I was creating – amazing things and like yeah. I felt like I found something that I loved yeah and your in joy life I just wasn't able to like post it as much so mm-hmm. then I kind of just fell really onto um so still brought the illustrations along with me and started focusing on helping companies with their brands like their storytelling and kind of you know visual mood boards which is what I was always strong at and was doing them on the back end for personalities and then also for brands, you know, if they had Mm -hmm. launches, like creating press books within the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of that, I think, was slowly adding up. Like people in industry were figuring that out because at that point, I had been working in fashion that leaked into beauty Mm-hmm. Then it leaked into travel and I started working on the back end in the travel industry with like helping people branding and storytelling and then even slightly into home. So mm-hmm. after I started doing it like throughout the lifestyle industry, like people started knowing 
that I had those services, even though I wasn't sharing them online. So, but I loved it. Like I just, and I still do. I love doing that. So I have a small team and I, and like, we, we, you know, we do that for people and, and it's just, it's great. It's just not something that like we fully advertise all the time. And then that changed my career again and threw me into like the design space. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, started really visually storytelling, but in venues and restaurants um, and stuff like that. So that's the whole, that's, that's my like whole entire story. And I can't believe if I'm, if people are still listening. I'm <laughs> no, it's like such a ride. I think this is just the, the amazing part of hearing the behind the scenes of someone's of someone's journey because it's really never what you think it is. And, no. and I think people too, um, correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, but like we think I'm going to do this one thing for the rest of my life. And I think so many people are scared of change and trying something new. And the thing that I love about your story is that you, and maybe you were afraid at moments to, to pivot and to try something new, but you always did. And asking yourself that question of, am I still experiencing joy in this? And is it still aligned with who I am? And is it still authentically me? And if it's not, I mean, our jobs, we spend so much of our day at our jobs every single day. And if it's not in line with your passion and your joy, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like you live once, do what you love, period. Like it's so crazy. Um, And you just like said something that resonated with me so strongly because just earlier this year, I had one of those like massive burnout slash Mm -hmm. turned breaking point moments, Mm -hmm. like in terms of burnout and then like aha moment. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by like burnout being like the yuck and then like this breaking point being like like a pivotal aha moment for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, I was, everyone was telling me what to do because they felt like I was doing too many things in my career. And I had like literally a million people telling me a million different opinions. So like Mm -hmm. my agent was telling me like, okay, I need you to focus on just this and just this. And then like my creative friends were like, you're going in too many different directions. Like, People like are looking at your websites and thinking like you're just a blogger and people like think that they can say like anything they want to artists. Like it's, it's, it's wild. Um, everyone had this different opinion of what I was doing and felt the need, what I was doing wrong or what I was doing not to their liking and felt the need to share that with me. Yeah. And that caused such anxiety for me. Um, and I just wasn't posting anything because I was like, I don't really, I don't really know who's right. And I was really overanalyzing it and trying to kind of like overthink it. And then one day I just woke up and was like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. And I don't care. And like, I was like, it's just not about building a following. It's not about making everybody happy. Like if I want to be an artist and help people with their brands and design a restaurant, then Mm -hmm. I will because that's what makes me happy. And like, 
I don't know. That should have been a decision that I could have come to so much earlier, but I really like wrestled with myself to get mm-hmm. to that point, mm-hmm. um, to feel confident enough to get to that point, I guess. Yeah. And well, then like my career like soared. Like it yeah. was crazy. Um, yeah. So if you could go back to that place of because I'm like visually in my head, almost like picturing you um, like, and just all these just voices and opinions kind of coming at you and you just like not really knowing what to do. But if you could go back to that time and like have a conversation with yourself, who you are right now, what would you tell her? I mean, I would literally say the same thing in hindsight that I would that day. Like the thing that I just said, like, fuck yeah. it, I'm going to do the hell, like whatever yeah. I want. Because, but it's kind of like, you know, when you listen to that, like there are a million people like listening to this right now that are going mm-hmm. like, duh, like do that right now or tomorrow. But like, we're all just wrestling with like things inside of our own head. Yeah. And that must have, you know, all those voices must have been so overwhelming that it was holding me back. Yeah. So while so many people can just go like, yeah, like that. I struggled with that. I just, I wanted to do everything right. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to make, I think people see like, you know, my work or my Instagram and they're like, oh, pretty drawings. We, but like, honestly, like we have a full design business, like Mm -hmm. a lot of agents to answer to. And a lot of people that have like expectations on me Mm -hmm. and like uh, in the business. And then like, I've got family and friends expectations that weigh just as heavily with me. So I think I was just trying to, I was really worried about everyone's judgment of Mm -hmm. what I did. And then finally, when I was like, oh, this just needs to be about what makes me happy. It was as simple as that, but actually doing that was hard for me. But um, when I just kind of decided to make that idea or to make that like my decision, um, I haven't looked back since and it's That's when it took off. It's like so life-changing. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean everything yeah, like everything changed and maybe it was just mentally, you know, like mm-hmm. but now I get up and I do all of those things. You know what I mean? I'm illustrating, I then go to the office, I'm working with a team on like you know, designing menus for something and then I'm designing like physical spaces. And then sometimes I'm on a meeting about, you know, branding or what we can do to tell a story on stories. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so, I'm not happy unless I'm working on like five different things at once. Yeah. So, (laughs) and I get that like so many people will be like, oh, like if you chase I think there's like yeah. Oh my gosh. I've literally heard that my whole life. And the funny thing is, so I'm actually working right now. I have like a logo, not a logo, but it's kind of like a tagline um within my personal brand where it just says I am this and that. And yeah. my pastor has this one saying where he says, Boxes are for things, not people. Yeah. And I have always felt like kind of boxed in. I don't, do you know anything about Enneagram, like that personality test? I, I do. And I don't like, I don't know mine, which is people are like, Dallas, how do you know? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I know what it is. I just don't know mine. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'd be so interested to see what what your what your number is. But I'll like, do it. I'll do it after <laughs> this, and I'll text you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so I'm a seven, which is the enthusiast, and sevens tend to have like a lot of passions and t- like get bored easily, and kind of um, sometimes they call them scatterbrained, and you know, there's definitely positives and negatives of every personality, right? Um, but when I was growing up and I was a gymnast, I was like a hardcore gymnast. And that was like my only focus. I remember everyone saying, you should try other things and dabble in this and dabble in that. I'm like, no, I just really like gymnastics. And then, uh, then I got injured and then I started kind of doing a lot of different things and having a lot of joy and a lot of different things. And people would say, you should really focus on one thing. And I'm like, what is it with everyone having an opinion about what we're doing and it's never the right thing. Like we're never doing the right thing. And so we have to focus on what our calling is, like who who you are and what your voice is. And the only way to really hear your voice is to sit and, and really listen to it. And I, I've had to rediscover my voice as of late. Um, and it's such an awesome process, but it is a process. Yeah. Like you and you really do have to be willing. You don't know if you like something more or better mm-hmm. if you don't try it. Yeah. So like, you know, so many people are like worried about trying something and then failing it. But if you don't do it, mm-hmm. then you don't you don't know if that makes you happier. So I've had a couple of things this year that I was like, oh, let me try this. And I was like, well, hate that. Yeah. But like <laughs> And then I just like never do it again. So people that are following are probably like, is this going to be like a thing or not? I'm like, no, I just am trying something out, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I really do think that. And for me, I guess to like circle back to like the rabbit quote Mm -hmm. is like, I guess what I learned is like, I'm actually happier chasing like five rabbits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's not about like, I don't know, like (laughs) It's like not about killing it. It's just about chasing it. Yeah, them. <laughs> it's just about like chasing it. I'm like, like, why do we have to be? <laughs> no, but like, I do think that. I mean, for me, I'm really good about order. Like, I think a lot of mm-hmm. creatives aren't are, can't put all of their um, their habits in order. So, like, I like to be working on a couple things at once, but I also am very disciplined with like order of importance. You know, yeah. so. Like when I am kind of like working on like a restaurant or a concept that has to be opened, Mm -hmm. like I will go and do that first and make sure that like the furniture and the finishes are chosen and ordered first before I get to the illustration part. So Mm -hmm. I think that's like really what it comes down to is like you can do as many things as possible as you want as long as you're like disciplined enough to make them all into something. Yeah. So if if a creative that's listening to this right now and that's like one of their biggest things is um they love to do a lot of different things but then they struggle to figure out how to accomplish it. Do you do like block scheduling? Oh and- god, no. Okay. <laughs> I did try that. Okay. Um, so I tried that and and then some people would be like only take phone calls, only take meetings within 2 hours only whatever but the problem with like when you become like a successful creative is life just doesn't work like that yeah. right like yeah 
I would love to tell every creative out there like, oh, do block scheduling. But like, (laughs) what happens if you have blocked off like every Monday for, I don't know, what's something like, what's something that you would put on a blocking schedule for, um, I don't know, meetings or yeah, like meetings. But then on that Monday you have to do like, um, you have to like interview somebody that you want to bring on board or you have Mm -hmm. to go pick up something for the printer or whatever, like everything when your job starts taking off is like, it needs to happen now. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the block scheduling didn't work for me, but I do sit and look at like my stuff for the day and for the week. I read this book called The One Thing. Have you heard of that? Yes. So good. I love it. It's so good because um, creatively, like, I just don't think like that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of creatives would probably benefit from reading that book because it kind of just says like, okay, but what's the one thing that's most important today? And like, mm-hmm. that's that's why block scheduling did not work for me because mm-hmm. the one thing that was most important was never like what I planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So maybe for you, the thing that's just been the key is prioritizing and like sitting down and looking at your week or your day. Yeah. Um, and prioritizing like projects based on the yeah, now. Like, yeah. I mean, like I looked at a little list in my planner this morning and kind of, you know, like I have to, I have to get to the office to print out um, like a, a design book that we're, we're doing some filming like later today. Mm-hmm. So like, but before I can do the filming, I have to get to the office and print out all the stuff for that. And then I wanted to hop on this with you. So like, I really just kind of had to reorder my day mm-hmm. and then I'll look at tomorrow and be like, Oh, here's all the things that I didn't get done today. Yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of like for me keeping order and like looking at it every morning and then overall, like as a week, um, And then like, you know, I have an assistant now that helps me keep art projects in order and Mm -hmm. like really just making the time to like guide her every day Mm -hmm. is amazing because that if I take the time to sit and like give her as much as my time that I, you know, as much of my time that I can, then that will help me for the rest of the week. So, um, just kind of things like that. Yeah. That's so awesome. So when you kind of look back at your career so far, if you could kind of like, what are, what do you think are a couple of key points of what has made you as successful as you've been? I kind of have some ideas that I've written down. I took so many notes, Alice. That is so funny. Um, I'm like, you tell me, I don't know. I think like, I think like for me, and I don't even, I don't really know. Cause when you're in it, yeah, like, you know, seeing something from like an outsider's eye, like you probably even listen to this conversation like differently Mm -hmm. than like I tell it. But for me, it's just been the ability and like willingness to always change paths. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause I've done that like four times now and I know that I'll do it again in the future. Like I don't know how, but I know that I will. Yeah. Um, and then the willingness to always like 
be open to trying something new mm-hmm. and to proving myself. Like if a job comes up, like a job came up a couple years ago in Nashville and I was like, mm-hmm. cool, I'll live part-time in Nashville. Let's do this. Like, and I had never been in Nashville before. Um, Which I'm so obsessed. I, yeah. Like it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So like, I love like that one. I, I just know a lot of creatives that are like, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, why like that's so fun right and then I do think the ability to like I'm always willing to step back and like not get paid and prove myself if I need to Mm -hmm. so I know that like I've done that at least three points in my career and they've been three major turning points so like I think those are like the things that I mean I'm thinking of that helped me yeah, I love it. And then I think one other one that I would say would just be your perspective and the way that you see things and the the questions that you ask and having a positive attitude. Uh, I I think that is a huge a huge thing and just being nice to people. Thank you. <laughs> like I remember the first time I met you, I'm like, she's so nice. I just want to hang out with her all the time. That is, and not that every successful so nice. person is like that. You know, I swear to you, like, that this, um, I mean, I changed my job from just being, like, when I was heavily in fashion, like, I really struggled with, um, not the people that I was working with, but, like, when I would go to Fashion Week, like, I was surrounded by, like, a lot of ego. Yeah. And ended up being like, well, I'm not going to go to Fashion Week anymore unless I'm working for a project because it's not good for me mm-hmm. to be comparing myself or like whatever. But like, yeah, like kind, like ego is like one thing that I will not, like I won't work with anybody that's like that or like, but kindness, like just be like a nice human. It is so surprising how many people you meet and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like be nice like it's just like a simple thing like be nice yeah work hard and be nice work hard and be nice that's it you know so I really appreciate that because I think um that's something that like you know my parents always taught me like Mm -hmm. you you all you know you always just need to treat other people like you want to be treated and like I do think that like my best clients um that I've been working with for a, for a long time, like are also really genuine and kind yeah. people. Yeah. And I think there's something to that. Like, like kind people really like to come back and work with people who appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Like attracts like. I Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you're kind and you work hard and you're passionate about what you do, you will attract those same people. And those are the best kinds of people to work with. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. Um, and I had Allison Conklin on, uh, I think I love her. two days ago. I know I told her, I was like, Oh my gosh, you and Allison together. It's just something magical <laughs> happens in the room and like fairy dust is everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just I love, really I love working with like creative yeah. people on yeah. projects who will then also just like 
be open-minded and try everything. And whenever I work with Allison on a project and people are always like, is Allison your personal photographer? And I'm like, um, hell no. Like, what do you think we do? Just take pictures of me? Like, so like any project. So like I work on a lot of projects that like I'm styling or directing mm-hmm. or Allison is shooting. And I always refer Allison to like yeah, any same. project. Cause I just want her to work with me like forever. Yeah. Um, And we always have so much fun on those projects and we jump in on each other's. But like the great thing about working with people like Allison is that like we can just, after we get done what we need to get done, we can always play with new ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why that day when we were all working on the Fujifilm project was great because you were there, Allison was there, everyone was kind of like, working and then also producing extra amazing work because we were having fun together. And then the people that they had filming there, they were really cool. And yeah. like, it just changes the whole vibe of a yeah. project um, when you've got all those people together. That was such a fun day. And, you know, I love to, and seeing your creative side in that way is really cool. And Allison's too. Um, was was that the day that there you tied like a thousand million ribbons? Or you didn't do it, but the I did um, not do it. I just requested that. Yeah. But like <laughs> Don't you love when you can request Shout things? out to Alien Alien Floral because they yes. made a wall and they a did wall it in of a ribbons. day. They yeah. made a a huge installation of yeah. all hanging ribbons yeah. for a shoot that we were doing. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and they were like super cool too. And they were like, yeah. hey, check this out. We just like whipped this together in four hours. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> but like everything, you know, it was just like the perfect storm of creatives. And like, that's definitely one thing. I don't know about you, but like, that's one thing that I hope for like my, the future of my career is mm-hmm. that like, I can meet more creatives that don't do what I do. So like, yeah. because that is like for me, when the best collaborations happen, mm-hmm. um, when you're working with like a creative who's not an illustrator, and then you can kind of like put your creative thoughts together and make mm-hmm. something new. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah. Like next. It will be. It will be. I'm so excited to watch what you do next. I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> Thank you. I will be designing a coffee shop this week. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is so like- exciting. Yeah. Well, it was like a market and now it's going to be like a coffee shop and cafe and I'm just going to bring like a million dried florals into the mix. And Mm. I'm so, I'm so excited. Um, so that's everything about that. That's super exciting. So where can people find you? Well, I'm at Dallas Shaw on everything. Like Mm -hmm. it's DallasShaw.com. And then I'm at Dallas Shaw on Instagram, Pinterest, um, Twitter, like whatever. I'm every place, but I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> when are you going to be on TikTok? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be on TikTok. <laughs> no dancing? No TikTok no, dancing? No, I mean, like, yeah, like there's a lot of dancing going on over here. I just think just I've got to keep some things to myself. And I feel like, you know, like that's one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I do actually have a TikTok account. However, there are no videos. Like I'll just watch other people's. Yeah. I just kind of am like, um, I don't know. I don't know how I 
I, I'm an advocate of trying every single mm-hmm. thing to know if you like it, mm-hmm. but like, um, I just haven't, I haven't hopped on there yet. We'll see. Also, it's a big time. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you get on those things and all of a sudden you wasted time. And I think with, when you have so many amazing things that you're excited about doing and projects that you love working on, you don't have time. Yeah. I mean, I always have time to dance for sure. Well, that's like, true. I don't know that I want to, I don't know if I have time to record it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I want to record you never it. know. Cause like a year from now you could be the next TikTok star and I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> pivot. Dallas pivoted again. Yeah, exactly. Like I just, yeah. Like maybe I'll just scrap everything I've done so far and just like, do TikTok. That's not a bad idea. I mean, who knows? Weird, stranger things have happened. Yeah, it's true. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Dallas. I really appreciate you. your time and energy and you're just such a kind soul and I love your passion for what you do and just for people. You're you have such a great heart for people. So the feeling thank you. is so mutual. Mm. And definitely, I love your book so much, Dallas. I want oh, everyone thanks. to go buy it. Where can they get it? Just pretty much everywhere. Um, it's I got like it everywhere books sold. So yeah, like Amazon, Anthropology. It's pretty much everywhere. Um, we're going to hopefully do another book. <gasps> oh, that would be so cool. Um, so for a while, you'll be able to get this one. And then I don't know what happens. If they both stay out, we'll see. But, but yeah, stay tuned. I'll put everything on like... I'm trying to really focus on Instagram. So at Delashaw on Instagram, I'll kind of like keep people in the loop. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thank you again. I appreciate your time and everybody. Thanks for listening and we will see you again soon. Well, not see ya, but hear ya. What a fun episode with Dallas Shaw. I just love hearing people's stories and I really want to hear yours. So what did you glean from today's talk? What did you hear? Was there something that inspired you? Was there a point that she made or something in her story that made you go, oh my goodness, yes, I want to know. So thank you guys for being here. Like, subscribe, leave a review definitely download these episodes. Um, It's one of the ways that iTunes goes, oh, okay, people actually like hearing what A Table for Two with Michaela Bell is all about. So thank you so much for your support and we will see you back here in a few.